Today's episode is an unaired interview Eric and I had in 2021 with Dr. Nicole Chitska. I must warn you, there were issues with the audio file, but I'm equally excited to say this was an amazing interview. Dr. Chitska is a coach, trainer, and facilitator who works with experts and teams in STEM fields. She specializes in positive psychology, positive leadership, and advanced problem solving. Dr. Chitska has been doing this kind of people work since 2017 and has helped individuals and teams in research and development, supply chain, finance, data and coding, and operations do better work together. Welcome, Dr. Nicole Chitska to Hindsight the Podcast. Hindsight is 2020. Hindsight is key. Hindsight is to key. learn that, you don't need no type of degree. degree. Learn from the past, see what the present gonna be. Uh, yeah. I'm a wise man, look at these blessings on me. Whoa, whoa. Hindsight is 2020. Hindsight is key. Hindsight is to key. learn that, you don't need no type of degree. degree. Learn from the past, see what the present gonna be. Uh, yeah. I'm a wise man, look at these blessings yeah. on me. Yeah. The Hindsight Podcast. Hosted by Lee Jones, the one and only, my homie, bringing the past to the present and affecting the future for the better. Today, I'm excited to have Dr. Nicole Chitska with us. Nicole is is really passionate about helping overlooked women in STEM become influential. Welcome, Nicole. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Hey, Nicole. How's it going? <laughs> Hi, Eric. I'm doing I'm fine. Really, I'm really excited to have you on and, and thank you for working with the different time zones. Yeah, no worries. You've been very flexible. So where where exactly are you again, Nicole? I'm in Hamburg in Germany. That is that was a challenge. So uh, for the listeners, just for what is it called? Water cooler talk. Eric, I'm going to use that every episode now. <laughs> Water cooler talk. We were trying to coordinate this conversation. And I said, hey, uh, how about 7 p.m. on Thursday? And that's what? 3 a.m. your time. Yeah, yeah. So I totally, <laughs> totally didn't think about the time differences between California and Germany, Hamburg, Germany. So uh, thank you so much for, for making the time. Yeah, no worries. In the bio, you talk about working uh, with STEM. Tell us mm. a little bit about that program and how you got involved with it. Yeah, so I'm a scientist too in my former life, basically. I have studied food chemistry and I have a PhD in chemistry. And the first years of my career, I worked in consumer goods innovation, so developing new products to be consumed or used, cosmetics, little food products, and so on, until... Well, something happened, as it always has, uh, that triggered me to change career trajectory or um, direction into a completely new field. Uh, I now work in the area of supply chain, but as a change manager, focusing more on the people side of things. Plus, I have set up my own coaching practice next to my corporate job. and. Oh, well, your show, your show is called Hindsight. So there are a lot of things I can tell, I can tell you about in hindsight of uh, what has happened. Things happen and you had to change your career. So what, what happened and what made you change your career trajectory? Yeah, it was a, so in big corporate, there are often happening things like mergers and acquisitions and so on. And, uh, that was what has happened back then in the company where I worked. And they basically acquired another company. And so now they had two teams that were doing basically the same thing. The one team where I was in in Hamburg and the other team in the part of the company that they had acquired in the States. And as it always is, you know, it's like when you put two parts of an organization together, you have to figure out quite a number of things. Like how are things are going to be run? Who's going to be responsible for what? And then obviously you don't want the double resources in two places. So that made the company pause for a moment. So, you know, they put all of the projects on hold until they were going to figure it out. And that meant I had for a few months 
close to nothing to do. At the beginning, it was still okay because there were still all of my old colleagues there and so on. But then my job got made redundant and I found a new position. However, one that was still, um, how do I say that, uh, you know, that, that was still influenced by that merger because we were depending on the teams in the States to give us projects. But I don't know, things just didn't pick up pace for a very, very long time. And so in the end, it was about 12 to 18 months where I was at 10% of my capacity in terms of workload. And you know how many people have too many things to do and then have a burnout. So I had way too little things to do and got a bore out and... Yes, it is a real thing and it felt horrible, but it was, again, in hindsight, it is, it was the crisis that kind of I needed in my life to really start to look for other things and pursue new interests. I love that board out because you don't typically think of that. Pushing forward into your coaching career, mm. kind of tell us how that all started. Yeah, it started again also through this crisis because uh, as I was, as I had nothing to do at my job, I could only come home and sit on the couch completely deflated because I was managing myself all day. I literally had no energy left. And, um, one, and the moment when everything that even just resembled being a routine, that was when I thought to myself, okay, so I, I need help. I need to ask someone for help because this can't go on like this. I have four more decades of work in front of me, so this can't be it. And that's when I uh, sought the help of a coach myself. And within four sessions, he had me trying new things, pursuing new avenues, knocking on new doors. Um, he really helped me get out of this energy low and I was so amazed at this. I was like, I want to be able to do that for people. And that's when I started coaching training and set up my practice. And well, now I, yeah, like you uh, said in my bio, it, I help women in STEM. So in the science, tech, engineering fields, because I can really relate to them how they feel based on, you know, my earlier career and my background. And I help them really become a good, um, I mean, they are already great employees, but now how do they become recognized experts that they feel valued and that they unlock new opportunities for themselves? Because I can tell you, unless I, or if I wouldn't have had the reputation and the credibility and the relationships in the company where I was at, first of all, I don't think they would have I would have su survived, quote unquote, the redundancy. I, you know, they might, I mean, the moment the word was out that uh, my team was going to be made or, or the whole team I was in was going to be made redundant. I had multiple people knocking on my door asking me, okay, if I wanted to join their team or if I wanted to come into their department and so on. So that was really quite nice and overwhelming, but and then in the same time, a few years on, you know, when I got out of this bore out ch transitioning into change management, I don't think people would have given me a chance to go into an area where I had no work experience and no formal credentials to do a job that was so important in this big uh, project, um, you know, if I hadn't proven myself in other ways before. And so that kind of reputation and, you know, that really allows these new opportunities to pop up like mushrooms. That's what I want to help my clients with. You know, besides work ethic and having that great reputation uh, around mm. your, your field, what was one of the biggest things that you can contribute to successfully transitioning? Yeah. So in any job, really, I think it's a lot about the relationships that you build because people want to work with you if they feel they know you, if they like you, know, you, you know, it's like, it doesn't mean you have to agree all of the time, but that you can have a really good working relationship. And also that they trust you, that they have seen that uh, you stick to your commitments and that uh, you deliver work that contributes in a valuable way to whatever they're pursuing. 
And, you know, you can really have a lot of fun at work together that especially when the job demands get really high, then it's often the relationships and the collaboration that helps us, you know, stay energized and motivated. Yeah, so I think networking and, and building relationships is, is definitely key to a successful career path. For somebody that hates networking, and I'm <laughs> naturally, you know, a, a really big introvert, I mean, what advice do you have for, for people like me in terms of networking? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in the same way, you know, put me, put me on a party where I don't know anyone and it's buzzing and this is an evening in hell for me, literally. (laughs) So (laughs) I really much prefer having these one-on-one conversations or uh, smaller, smaller groups. And I'm also not, not someone to, you know, go around and just introduce myself and to just, you know, just for the sake of it, just so people get to know me. But what I have found is that when I, when I do the things that I really like doing, for example, sharing what I know or working on something together with others or even, you know, looking, be, looking to get engaged in topics beyond my immediate role, then that is how you quite organically and naturally make connections. And that is when people experience how you work and what kind of person you are. And I mean, it's not, it's not something that then, you know, is a, is a form of quote unquote networking that happens overnight. Mm -hmm. And, but it's something that over time grows organically. And if you imagine, let's say you, you start in a new position and you're probably going to be in there for about three years. And three years is a long time to get involved in other things, to go visit other people's team meetings, to, to ask people from different areas for help or input or inspiration and so on. So there, there are really a lot of different ways. And for me, it always helped when I, for one, made it about the work and what we wanted to achieve together. That's for me always the, the easiest way to start connecting and with and talking to people or to, to really genuinely wanting to get to know others. But mainly for me, it's always this, this avenue via the, the work that we're doing together was the one that felt the most aligned with me. Now let's jump into STEM. Hmm. How do people reach out to you, the young ladies? Do you seek them out? Do they seek you out? Um, how does that whole connection uh, evolve or happen? Yeah, so it goes both ways. Uh, I obviously, I try to expand my network on LinkedIn, but also with other collaborators and really try to get the word that we don't to, to sit in our careers and feel frustrated and feel overlooked and undervalued or stuck. Uh, but there are ways you know, beyond watching TED Talks or reading books, but there are ways to learn how to, yeah, really how to build the skills because, you know, as brilliant as women in STEM or, you know, most of the people in their careers are, nobody ever really teaches you, and certainly not at university, all of the other skills that you need when you work in, when you work in a company. And so that is what I'm here for. Um, but it's often, it's often not so obvious, you know, especially when you say, yeah, okay, I'm a coach for women in STEM. And then they typically look at you and say, I don't need coaching because they don't feel like there's any weakness, but it's not, it's not just about, you know, fixing problems. Sometimes it's just, um, really sparking growth. Yeah, I love that. How do you work with these individuals to build their their confidence? Mm. So oftentimes they come in with, you know, exactly a similar question like we just had uh, that, you know, how do I even build a network? How do about how do I become more visible or the things like, okay, I have to I have to speak up more in meetings, but I really don't dare to because I always think my my ideas are stupid and all of that. So the goals are really very quite different. 
And uh, recently I had a session with someone and she was already doing a lot of the right things, like sharing her achievements, both with her boss and with her team. She, she was already very vocal about what she contributed. And still, there were always other people who got selected over over her to join other projects or to help out on different tasks. And she, she thought to herself, well, why is that? And so it's, it's work, it works exactly like that. So with my clients, I meet with them on Zoom and then I, and then we just have a conversation and we basically, we do a bit of detective or, you know, scientific analysis, uh, quote unquote, of the situation. And through that, we then uncover you know, what are, what are potential new avenues or strategies that we could, that she could pursue, um, or try out in order to do something about her situation. But so basically my clients always pick their own goals and their situation is always really very unique. And then over the course of four months, circa four months, we'll meet a few times and really, you know, I help them progress towards that goal but it's not like me telling them what to do but it's a lot of digging the answers out of their brain because they they are already there we just need to put a little structure to that so how was an initial consult not consultation but initial conversation with your clients how does that go what is what what do you say right off the bat yeah, I, I basically, I, first of all, I ask, I ask a ton of questions. Yeah. So I want to get to know them a little bit, want to know where they're at, because also, um, you know, for example, I want to, um, determine also, are we a good fit and can I even help them? Because if people come to me and say they want to apply at a different company and they want to, you know, get a proper resume and get prepared for the interview, then I have to refer them to a colleague because I'm no expert in that. However, if they come to me and they tell me, like, okay, I want to, you know, I just started this new role. I want to make sure that my boss, start, uh, my new boss really respects me and that he finds that I'm a valuable member of the team. And I really want to be, become part of that new team and form that new connections. And, um, I just really want to make sure that I'm, you know, I stay on this really great development track. So we're basically exploring, okay, what is it that you want to achieve? And then we look at, okay, what obstacles might be in your way, both internal and external obstacles. And from there, we forge a plan. And then over the, over the next few months, um, I help, you know, push past any roadblocks that there may be and keep, um, you know, educating them also on small things that they might not know yet. I just want to follow up on that. Um, so I know if they're reaching out to you. I'd, actually, I don't know. So I want you to <laughs> educate me. But um, say they're frustrated at their job, right? Uh, yeah. They're being overlooked um, mm. and not being utilized. And I know you experienced that uh, when you were doing mm. your, going through your transition. What do you say to them? Or how do you get them motivated, right? How do you get that frustration away from them? Mm. So that... That is really an important bit. And, um, I like focusing, you know, okay. One thing is to pursue these types of goals in the end. But if we're starting from a place of lack or scarcity or frustration, then we always often come across or, you know, we want to push it and we get desperate and so on. And that is just. So I'm really not woo woo at all, but <laughs> I can tell you that that's not an energy that you want to ride on right. like seriously because, because you transport that, you know, and if you, let's say then by chance, there's an opportunity popping up somewhere in the company. And the only thing you can think about when you, when you have a conversation with that hiring manager is, Oh, I so want to get away from where I am now. Or, and you know, that energy just transports and you're really not at your best and people people get the impression so wait a minute it seems to be a very negative and whiny person so you're right it's really important to you know work on the frustration first in the sense of i'm not going to say start loving what is going on but find the small things that work and find ways to brighten up the day and to find things that are motivating to you and you know, start to nurture 
that little bit of energy that you have. And then from that, you know, bigger place where there's more abundance and where there's more exploration and creativity and curiosity from there, uh, you, you often find much, much better opportunities. And you're also in a better place mentally to, you know, when you go talk to people. Yeah. So you just mentioned, you know, uh, being motivated and, and through the frustration, but Mm -hmm. Uh, for some of our listeners that are, are really ready to take that next leap, yeah. what are some small wins that mm -hmm. they can attack and accomplish in order to see a bigger picture? Hmm. It is a big question. Um, okay, so what I always like doing first with my clients is to look at what are your strengths And your strengths are what you're good at and what you like doing. So not to be confused with competencies because you can be good at, I don't know, creating spreadsheets, but if you don't like doing it, then it's not a strength. And you really want to make sure nobody gives you more spreadsheets to create. Yes. Uh, because, because that's going to be draining your energy. However, let's find those things that you're good at and that you enjoy doing and start to get creative about how you can do a little bit more of that each day in different ways. So for example, if somebody has a strength of creativity, uh, then this can show up in very different ways at, in, in your private life, at your work life and so on. So let's just find these little ways. And if we use our strengths more often, we are naturally more energized and motivated. So that is one thing. Plus, when you know what you're good at, that is another thing that you can then, you know, argue for your company or for the next hiring manager. Okay, so this is what I'm really good at and this is what I thrive at. Then also let's look at what really drives us, you know, what are we passionate about? What, what do we want to, where do we want to make a difference in the world? And yes, you can also in the corporate world, you can make a meaningful difference. And so these are other things to really explore. And again, also, how can you find small ways? Sometimes it's just this 1% change that you need to make, but consistently, um, that really puts you on an, on a new track for more energy, for more motivation. And then, you know, things start to spiral upwards from there. Beautiful. So. I hate when I say so, but I can't stop it. <laughs> but Nicole, say you, and I keep going back, is it hindsight, right? Mm. I keep going back to questions I asked before. Sure. But say you, um, you feel over, overlooked, uh, mm. underutilized in the position and the role that you're currently in. Um, mm. How would you have your client go about um, focusing on maybe creating a new position that better utilize their talents for that for that company yeah well i would say don't make the mistake that i made which is only talking to one person about your frustrations uh, for too long so i mean you should always start with your line manager first because they are up, you know they are in the best position to make immediate changes and help you out And, um, but if they are unable to or unwilling to, there are different people in the world. And sometimes, you know, despite their best intentions and, um, you know, what they really want to do for you, there's only so much influence also they have. And if you're getting nowhere with that, I'm not saying, you know, within a week, you know, you, you need a little bit of patience. Um, but, uh, if let's say after three to four months, you see nothing is happening, then ask, always be, be transparent about it, but says, you know, it's like it, it, there, there seems no change on the horizon. There seem nothing seems to really improve here. Uh, I would like to go talk to another person or, you know, I, I would like to see if there's an opportunity, Uh, in, you know, to contribute to another project that is already running? Or can I please ask or go to the HR department and see if there's any kind of part-time secondment available or, or where I could do some job shadowing or, and like, and a sort of internship within the company or just anything. Okay. And, and, you know, start talking to many more people about it. 
you know, not out of desperation, but really out of the, the clear wish, you know, okay, so here, here are all of my strengths. Here are all the things that I'm passionate about. I really want to contribute. It looks like you could need me here or I could contribute there. Or do you know of any, anything that's going on somewhere else in the company? Do you follow a, a strict methodology um, when you approach your sessions with your, with your clients? <laughs> I don't follow a strict methodology. So because everyone and everyone's situation is unique, plus I don't, you know, I'm not the person who has all the answers for the others, but they have to find the answers that are best suited for their own lives and have to make their own empowered decisions. What I do is I listen. I ask a ton of questions. I do obviously have learned through coaching, training a lot of, you know, tools or, or ways to ask questions or to explore topics in a way that, um, digs deeper or broadens our perspective and so on. But so, so I use those tools, but it's always the client's decision and the client's, um, answers. You know, sometimes I just ask a few questions and, you know, we take some notes and we say, okay, when you look at all of this, you know, what potential solutions do you already have in mind? And then, you know, it's, it's like, it's like a spark. And then they already come up with a ton of things that they can try. Right. And, um, uh, but I always, um, Let's say the, the one thing that is consistent is that I'm, and that's the positive psychology background really, is that I'm very growth oriented in, so not just solution oriented, but actually very growth oriented in how I approach these sessions. But it's really more an, more an underlying attitude or philosophy rather than a strict methodology. And so I really want to know, like, who is your ideal client that, that you are looking for? Yeah. So women uh, with a background in science, tech, engineering, and so on, who work in corporate and are looking to grow either in their role or get ready for the next opportunity that comes their way. Yeah. And it's probably so... <sighs> I can imagine it's probably also good if you're not, you know, fresh out of uni because <laughs> you need some time to, to get used to what's it like in a company and to just, you know, ha have a look around. But if you are within the business or, or, you know, working in your, in your job for a few years already between two to 10 years or something like that is typically the range of, um, yeah, my clients. Yeah, that, that's incredible. So I think women in, in leadership roles and, and seeing, you know, a big push for promoting women in leadership roles. But in, in STEM, so Lee and I, we went to a conference a couple of years ago mm -hmm. um, with, you know, some big pharmaceutical companies, you know, ideally in the supply chain. But looking around that room, there was very, very little women. <clears throat> so looking, I mean, what are five kind of strategies that that you like to promote in the workplace yeah so one thing is to start to build expert credibility and that starts by believing yourself so it doesn't mean you have to always be 100 percent confident i mean i'm not nobody probably is not even men i'm told <laughs> and um but to start to really start believing or, or knowing ourselves in the sense of, you know, what are my strengths? What are my competencies and other skills that I have learned? What are my, what are the credentials that I have? What are the, what makes me unique? You know, that we could also call it quirks, but I mean it in the nicest possible way. <laughs> and, uh, you know, something that, that gives us character plus really knowing what we know so that we can speak with conviction. Um, so that is one thing. So really building that expert cred credibility, first and foremost, within your own mind. But this really seeps into how you show up 
uh, at the workplace. So that is one strategy. The second one I would say is again, forming those connections, uh, meaningful connections, mutually beneficial relationships, um, all over the place. So it's not just with the senior leaders in your company, but with, with everyone around you, really. Um, that is another thing. The next key skill to build is communication. So really learning how to tailor what you say to your audience and always communicate with the person you're talking to in mind first, because that is how your ideas get traction. So first of all, they get listened to. And second of all, they also get acted on. But we really need to learn how to do that well. Yeah, so these are really probably the three. You asked for five. So let me give me <laughs> two more. So um, <laughs> so fourth one might be uh, learning to lead yourself in the sense of how you organize your work, how you manage your time and energy, how you get things done, how you... Um, yeah, just really, how, how do you stay well and healthy? All of these things. So, so getting that all, I'm not going to say under control, but learning what really works for you and what makes you better. And yeah, okay. I guess the fifth one that is really close to my heart is learning how to learn. So learning how to take all of those things that happen to us and turn them into true experiences. You know, because uh, if we don't learn from what happens to us, then yeah, we're really not we're really not growing. And I guess this is also what your podcast is all about to to right. look back and not only see okay that's what happened, but like really what am I taking forward and what do I want to pass on to other people so they know. Learning how to learn, I love that. That's incredible. I love that. I know you focus on STEM and you focus on um, building up women in in the uh in the executive workforce but i just i'd be remiss if i didn't ask a question um about individuals who are about to leave the military right Mm. and they're about to transition into you know from a military so i know you've never been in it but it still is uh, i'm assuming relative when changing any career Mm. um they're about to change What, what would be one of the things we talked about networking um, positive thinking, uh, I, I suppose, is probably one of them, too. But what is some advice or one strong bit of advice that you would give someone who is transitioning from, like, one industry to a different industry? Yeah, give yourself time. So, uh, I mean, I remember so vividly when I changed from the science world into this change management role. So one day I was an expert. I had like 10 years of education and training and work experience and something. And I could, you know, come up with new solutions in my sleep, basically. And the next day I knew nothing. I didn't, I had, I had no idea what, you know, what do you mean a network replenishment plan? I I have (laughs) like, what is that? (laughs) So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't understand any of the words that the, you know, experts in that field were saying. And I still had a job to do. And I felt so out of my depth, you know, not that I have to be an expert in supply chain, but, um, it's just, and I put so much pressure on myself because I was used to knowing all the answers. And all of a sudden I had more questions than anything else. And so, and it took, a good six months to a year for me to really settle in and start to understand how things fit together to really know how to do my role. So if you're transitioning from the military into a new job and three months in, you still feel out of your depth, just know it's supposed to be like that and give yourself time and don't put pressure on you that it now needs to work super clearly and super efficiently. But yeah, really, yeah, allow yourself to, to absorb things, to get, um, you know, to, to get used to the new climate, to the probably there's a whole new language that people use, you know, it's like how you talk to each other, how you interact with each other. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so yeah, just like give that time because these kind of transitions, it takes us a lot of, yeah, yeah, qu- quite a lot of time to really 
comprehend what's really going on. Right. That is great advice, Nicole. That's probably the best uh, advice. I mean, you know, we we talk about networking. I mean, they're all they're all uh, uh, pillars of you know reaching success, right? Networking, financial planning, um, but having that time—that's a psychology. I mean, a psychological strategy, right? Understand that you won't get in there and understand everything, and give yourself time to learn. I like that. Thank you. Learning how to learn. I think we could drop the <laughs> yeah. mic on that one. That was know, incredible. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I asked for five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that, that hit the nail on the head, and, and that's what you just discussed. I, I love it so much. And it's, it's funny because um, I struggle a little bit with that. Well, not a little bit. I struggle with that myself. I won't even say mm. a little bit or a lot of it. But I struggle with that myself because um, I've just started a new position, and mm-hmm. though it's similar, it's it's in a, you know a higher position, and I want to know all the answers, right? Mm. But I need to know the history on things before I can even begin to think about how to come up with an answer. And so, yeah. should, you know, thankfully I have a, a staff and um, colleagues that are very supportive, and they understand and. They provide a lot of that history, and, and they're, they're saying the same thing. You know, hey, it takes time. It takes time. You're good. Mm. So thank you for just reiterating that for our listeners and for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I'm in my own master class right now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty yeah. incredible. So, Dr. Nicole, what is up next for you? Well... I'm very content at where I'm at. I'm, I still have, I'm still learning. I'm still growing in what I do every day because, you know, I know how to learn and I even know how to learn when seemingly you have done things already three or four times. You know, that's often we make the mistake where we say, oh, okay, I got like all of the technical aspects down. I'm starting to get a bit bored here or under challenge. So maybe it's time for a new job. But no, actually, that is the perfect moment to start to develop develop all of those other skills that we typically don't have the bandwidth for when we're still learning, you know, the technical aspects, when we're still in the onboarding, when we're still getting to know the people. So that moment when you start to have that down, maybe about um, six months, 12 months into your position, then is a really good opportunity for, for you to start focusing on, you know, building other business skills, uh, like learning how to understand how everything fits together in a company, how all of the things are intertwined and interdependent, or how to experiment a little bit with your stakeholder management and just see how how things are getting done differently if you approach people in a different way, or learning how to hold that optimism and that belief and that things are doable, even though everyone is super worked up about the last setback. And all of these things, you typically, you typically don't have the bandwidth, well, at least I don't, I don't have the bandwidth for these kind of things when I'm out of my depth of the technical aspects of my role. So, so that is well, that was a long way of saying I still, <laughs> I still, I will continue for a little bit longer in the change management role, uh, because there's still a lot to learn. Plus, obviously, continue to help other women in STEM through my coaching practice. Yeah, that, that's great. So uh, on your website, you have, uh, women in STEM to reimagine. Can you kind of tell our listeners what that is? Oh yes. So <laughs> I have so I have two two sites basically. So one is my normal site. So if you want to work with me one on one, you best go there. So that's interactioncoaching.de. And the other one that you just mentioned is um an event that I put up twice a year. So in March, I just had the second season of it. So in September, the third season is going to be coming up. And it's a full week of basically free professional development advice. So I bring together a total number of about 10 coaches and experts on different fields. And I interview them just like you do on your podcast, but we do it like for this one for this one event and people can sign up for free and listen to the interviews and 
hop, hop on to one of the connection calls that we have, ask their questions. And yeah, the, the whole intention with that is to really make professional development more accessible to others and also for people to, to find their mentors on there. So if they, if they see an expert that they particularly like or whose topic really, really resonates with them, then now they have that connection and they know of that person and they know where they can get more help. That's great. I love it. I was uh, reading your uh, five strategies to promote your work. Right? Oh, did you? Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Um, tell us a little bit about your five. They're actually pretty pretty informative, but I, I want you to talk about it. I don't want to diminish it. I like to weave it into chit chat. That uh, <laughs> that that cooler uh, water cooler talk that Eric talks about. Bigger. Explain how you came up with this. Uh, these five steps and and how what can you get out of uh, um, following those steps? Yeah, yeah. So that's a free free resource that everybody um, basically gets uh, on my website. You can, I mean, you also get my weekly emails on the back of that, but you know, you can unsubscribe at any time. But yeah, so I just put those together because exactly what we talked about earlier many many women in stem or also um that's just anyone often they feel like oh, i feel so overlooked and not visible enough but i don't want to go go out and just brag brag about myself and so i looked back and said okay what are the things that help me get more visible in the company without me feeling sleazy or or icky about it so and those were the things and yeah, the first one is really weaving it into chit chat. And by that, I don't mean just simply talking about, oh, look what a great thing I did. I mean, obviously, we can do that too. Sure. But let's also talk about, oh, you know, what really interests me is, or, you know, I just noticed I'm really good at doing this and that, or even saying things that you're not good at yet, but what would you like to learn and so on. So, and there are like, thousands of opportunities across our uh, across our work life and it's just making that making that a habit to at least once a day to also mention to someone either a small accomplishment or something that you really enjoyed recently and or, or something that you're good at that you really like doing and you know you, you you can do it in a way just mention it in passing sometimes it's just two sentences in a whole conversation but if you do it consistently people will clock that and then they will remember that and uh, you're top of mind when it comes to you know looking for people to help out in this or that and then also show it off with gratitude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Once a month, find someone more senior than you and tell them what you're proud to be a part of. It can be team success or praise of others. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's very, um, you know, I, I like that because you could get caught up in, in tooting your own horn or, mm. or just always talking about yourself, right? But also recognize that others are part of your success, mm -hmm. others on the team, right? And just being able to show, uh, show that level of understanding and, and present it to uh, leadership, right? They know that you get it as well. So I think that's a, those are five good, uh, I'm a matter of fact, I'm going to print it out and just put it on my wall. <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I am though, I am. It's really, it's really good information. I will definitely be a subscriber. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, so I have a personal question for you, Nicole. So I am a leader of uh, very young women, right? Mm. And I really want to make an impact on their careers. And, and this is mm. either just a stepping stone for them to take that next leap or whether they, they stay for the long term. So mm -hmm. what can I do in a leadership role to to continue to boost the confidence of of these young females or uh or and boost their careers mm. oh thank you so much for asking that um because and yeah basically thanking for having that kind of attitude towards that and this is really so Okay, I'm going to give you two answers. One is the is the you know from my own personal experience, and the other one is from you know my my professional advice as a coach. <laughs> <laughs> um, so from my personal experience, I remember 
that the biggest impact always had on me when my boss believed more in me than I did. So in my darkest moments, um, when I was like ridden with self-doubt and I didn't know if I could continue another step or if I would ever figure it out. So that was during my PhD thesis, but that was also during, um, difficult situations in the workplace. And, and luck, I, I was so lucky to have really, really great, um, people leaders in throughout my career and, and, you know, when it comes to those moments where we just don't think, we just don't know. And then having that person who has that unwavering belief in you. And I was like, is he crazy? Does he not see how I can't do this? But, <laughs> you know, he said, he still believed in me. And that was, and I think I was so lucky to, to have a boss like that because that really helped me push through, even, even though it didn't really sink in, but, uh, I think it had a profound in- impact on me keeping going so that, so that, you know, if, if you want to continue to show that you believe, uh, in your team that you, you know, sees, okay, yes, you might mess up or you might fall short of your own expectations, but I believe you will figure this out and you will do great things. Then, um, they will notice that. So that is one thing. And then the other thing, you know how I, how I uh, said earlier, you as, as an individual and leading yourself, you have to learn to learn. So I think as a leader, you have to learn how to bring out the best in others and to, to help them learn and grow, basically. And that is through really asking really great questions. So you have to be able to spot people's strengths and encourage them to use them more. You have to be able to have a conversation about what motivates people and, you know, and then really help them find ways on how they, how they can increase that motive, that intrinsic motivation. Um, each and every day a little more. You have to know how to inspire your team by giving them a bit of, you know, a, a sense of meaning and purpose in their work. And, uh, man, we could make like a whole two new masterclasses about right. all of that. <laughs> but yeah, and, and obviously being there for them, having a good relationship, having a laugh and yeah, but, but really knowing you know, ha- helping them to bring out the best in themselves and to continuously work and grow. But I think starting with that intention that you have is already a big win. Yeah, it's it's really remarkable. Um, we have this whole kind of like girl power thing going on and, and I'm just mm. along for the ride and I love every second of it. <laughs> hey, that, that was a great question, Eric. I appreciate that as well. So, Nicole, now it's time for you to put yourself in our shoes. Eric and right. I... We asked you a lot of questions. Oh, yeah. If you were us, what would you ask yourself? And then once you figure out what you'd ask yourself, answer it. <laughs> <laughs> you you in your, in your role as a podcaster or you in your role as a team leader? As a, as a podcaster. What are better questions to ask? What are better questions to ask? Yeah, so that's very meta right now. <laughs> but but it's true. It's like learning to ask more and better questions rather uh-huh. than jumping to conclusions, making judgments, or acting on our assumptions is such a key leadership skill. Okay. So for self-leadership, but also for leading a team. So what are better questions to ask, I would say? I like that. That's a lot you of write that down? I did. I know. You write that down, Eric? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Nicole, it, is, it has been a pleasure um, having Likewise. a conversation with you today. Thank you for giving us such, um, such amazing insight on uh, things um, dealing with the career. Uh, and thank you also for introducing, or, you know, not really introducing, but broadening our understanding on uh, STEM and we appreciate your courageous work that you're doing. I say courageous, but you know, your, your dedication, right, to the mm-hmm. success. And I believe it is courageous because I'm sure there are a lot of um, courageous conversations that you have uh, in dealing with trying to empower uh, females in, in the workplace that's historically, you know, dominated by men. Um, so I appreciate that effort as well. Um, if someone wanted to 
reach out to you or how could someone uh all right i'm gonna edit all of this part because <laughs> i'm fumbling with the words but here we are, i'm gonna start right here so dr chitska where could our listeners reach out to you or find out a little bit more information about you and the things that you do yeah sure so Find me on LinkedIn. Come say hello. Um, because I'm, I'm there all of the time. Actually, too much time, I would say. But yes, LinkedIn <laughs> is a good place to connect. Okay. Um, then obviously you hop on over to my website, um, grab the uh, five strategies to promote your work. And then you're on my email list and you will be privy to such good perks like um, monthly free Q&A sessions and so on. So for the people who are immediately in my universe, so everyone's invited. You, you don't have to be a woman to qualify for that, by the way. Okay. And, um, <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and then as, as a last point, really the women in stem dash reimagine.com, uh, where again, every March and September, we're bringing up this free professional development opportunity for everyone wow all i could say about today is just wow um i I love your dedication and i love what you're doing uh for women to to boost their careers um it's it it is truly transcending uh your work and, and everything that you've personally accomplished so it's been a great honor having you on nicole um, and I think my biggest takeaway from today is learning how to learn. I love that. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad it was a really fun conversation. Thank you for having of me. Of course. Hindsight is 2020. Hindsight is key. Hindsight is key. To learn that, you don't need no type of degree. Type of degree. Learn from the past, see what the present going to be. Yeah. I'm a wise man. Look at these blessings on me. Hindsight is 2020. Hindsight is key. Hindsight is to key. learn that, you don't need no type of degree. Learn from the past, see what the present going to be. I'm a wise man. Thanks for listening to Hindsight, the podcast. I hope you're getting something from this episode. Drop me a note and let me know where you're listening from. Or if you have ideas for a new segment, email me at hindsight.thepodcast at gmail.com. That's hindsight.thepodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to leave me a like. I can't wait to hear from you.